shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Like that again, honestly. <laughs> hey Amen. Uh, it is our seventh year, actually. It's like on September 13, 2013. Yes. Uh, it is September 12, 2020. And also, this convention will be our seventh convention, seventh universe convention. Uh, <laughs> Amen. So it means like God is planning something deadly. And you know what I'm actually hearing, what I'm actually hearing in the spirit that we haven't started yet. We're just about to begin. Yes, it's like preparation. You're tilling the ground to start, filling some foundation to start the work. Uh, so I'm excited in my heart this morning uh, because of what God has in store for us in the years to come. You see, God has in store for us eternity, eternal life. So that, that concept changes how we think about timings. Amen. Uh, God has just been preparing us for good things to come, great things to come. So it's our seventh year anniversary, it's also our seventh Believers Convention uh, in Edmonton. Uh, and so I'm so excited. It's, it's something, it's something about the seventh. It was on the seventh day that the wall of Jericho fell down. And so, uh, amen. It was on the seventh, 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 seventh. Perfection. Seven it means some labor has been done that has been so, like foundation has almost been complete in a sense for the work to now begin to move forward and prosper amen so god will just have it to just re almost like replay the scene of the beginning even this morning amen but we are many online but just replay that scene here of, of, of that our beginnings our humble beginnings father we thank you lord we give you praise uh, we give you all the glory all the glory, all the adoration, all the thanks. Thank you for this season, this season of seven, this season of the seventh, this season of perfection, the excellent way of love.
again uh, to Life Millions. Amen. Um, as we are, you know, right now, everything we are doing is in preparation for those excellent conventions to come. The excellent way of love. Amen. Uh, praise the name of the Lord. Uh, so if you're at home right now listening to me, uh, sit back and be blessed. Uh, we're just going to be opening a few scriptures, uh, re reigniting pillars concerning the word of life, uh, so that we are ready, we are stable, we are founded, uh, to receive uh, ye, the deep things of God, all things, things that are coming, that God is preparing ahead of us. This is not a season that we need to take lightly. Uh, as we see, the scripture will begin to lead, to read that your fellowship, your connection in this season is what will tie you to your inheritance. Your fellowship ties you to your inheritance. You have to stay connected to receive inheritance. Uh, we are read from the book of First John chapter, First John chapter one. Uh, you also see this similar thing in Second John as well, talking about whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. There is a demand of fellowship. There is a demand of abiding. There is a demand in continuing, in staying connected, staying together, staying one, staying with us, uh, staying in the line in the line of this walk, of this teachings, of this ministration. I uh, praise the name of the Lord in order to handle, handle the inheritance that is coming, handle the the inheritance that is to come. Praise the name of the Lord. First uh, John chapter one. I read from verse 1, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Semicolon. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen, and the head declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Praise the name of the Lord. So he's beginning to talk about that which we, was from the beginning, which we have heard. So something from the beginning. And the Bible calls him the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Also, so it means there are things from the beginning. And there was only one being who was in the beginning. And that was God Almighty. So it means that that which, we are, which was from the beginning hmm, was God. Not so. Uh, and in that beginning, there, were, there was a trinity. Father, Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. They are the three that bear witness in heaven. Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. They are the three that bear witness in heaven. Uh, and in, in John 1, it says, in, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that which was from the beginning is God. Not so, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it says, that which was from the beginning. Praise the name of the Lord. That which was from the beginning. So it means that which was from the beginning is God. Yes, is God. Is God that is from the beginning. That which was from the beginning is God. So what then it says which we have heard. So what they are hearing is God's content. Mm -hmm. If that which was from the beginning is God, 
Amen? Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It means that, that if, if we are hearing that which was from the beginning, then you are hearing God things. You are hearing God's content. You are hearing God's information. Praise the name of the Lord. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. So we are hearing God's content. Then after a while, God's content begins to form an image of God in us. Oh, glory to God. Begins to form an image of God in us. Then it answers which we have looked upon. We look upon images. Not so, right? You have images in this home right now. It must be an image before I can look upon it. Then study it. Then you'll see a tower. There's a tower there. Then there's this, there's that. There are two people there. You study it. You look upon. It has to be an image before you can look upon it. So it means that hearing, 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 the build up of hearing begins to form images. And those images are to be gazed upon for you to now begin to become what you are seeing in the mirror, what you are seeing in the image. Let's see. Um, so we're still in uh, 1 John chapter 1, but I want us to see 1 Corinthians. Uh, is this uh, second? Is this Second Corinthians chapter three? Yeah, Second Corinthians chapter three. Oh, well now. So Second Corinthians chapter four. Yes, uh, I'll start. Actually, I'll start from chapter three, verse seventeen, and I'll go into chapter four. Yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 17, and I'll read into chapter 4 like that. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, semicolon, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Right? Verse 18. But we all with open face beholding us in a glass the glory of the lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory so now the lord is that spirit where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty but we all with open face Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. So before it begins to appear, let's go up. You will see what they were ministering. You will see that they were ministering something that caused an image to appear. Amen? Amen. That we began to behold the image, which is the glory of the Lord, and they were now transformed into that same image from glory to glory. So we'll go up to verse 6 of Second Corinthians chapter 3. And in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, Who also have made us ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. It says, Who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter, so it means that he was ministering something. From verse 6, he was ministering something. It's a ministration, so it means it's a teaching. 
Paul, he has, he has been he's an able minister, he's an able teacher of the New Testament. And being an able teacher of the New Testament, he now began to differentiate his teachings versus the teachings of the Old Testament. Or the teachings, sorry, of the Old Covenant. Verse 7 now says, But if the ministration of death, written and engraving in stones, was glorious, mm -hmm. so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Mm -hmm. Semicolon. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit... So the teaching of the Spirit rather be, be rather glorious. So it's the teaching, ministration, teaching of the Spirit. Verse 9, For if the ministration of condemnation be glorious, much, much does the ministration of righteousness. That, that's the ministration of the doctrine of Christ. That's Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Righteousness revealed from faith to faith. So the ministration of righteousness, the teaching of Christ, the teaching of righteousness exceeds in glory. This teaching of Christ, the teaching of righteousness, exceeds in glory. So the teaching, the teaching, the teaching, the ministration of Christ, the ministration of righteousness, they are saying it leads to something. And what it leads to is now verse 17. Oh, glory to God. Verse 17, when it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord... Are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So, what the ministration of Christ does, huh? You have a question? Go ahead. Okay. Well, apart from the 18, the 15, the, I know that's not what you read. Yes. Looking, you want answers, explanation of that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, verse 15 says, But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. So he was comparing the testament of Moses to the New Testament. Now the new the old testament Moses was glorious. Mm -hmm. If you go up, um let's let's see, let me just answer the question. Um verse 13 and not as Moses which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to Look to the end of that which is abolished. Semicolon. But their minds were blinded, for unto this day remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Right? But unto but even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. So he was calling, comparing as we're reading. The ministration of condemnation that was given unto Moses, old, the old covenant versus the New Testament. Verse 7, but if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious. Those are the two tablets of stones. Was glorious, right? So that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses. They couldn't look upon Moses because of the glory of the Old Testament. They have glory, but yet they called it the ministration of death. The ministration of condemnation. Now, when something is glorious, when you are used to glory, when you, are, you enjoy, you bask in glory, you enjoy glory, you would reject new wine. That's what Jesus was saying in, in Matthew. He says that no one who has drank old wine, right, would don't give new wine to old wineskins. For what would they do? 
they will reject it and they will say that the old is is better why are they saying that is because the their old has a glory that they are so used to the glory of the old that no matter what you want to come and say they are already enjoying their glory yet that glory is a death is a ministration of death because it still leads to death does that make sense the veil was that that blindness ignorance the ignorance that was upon that covenant that they could not see the eyes of their enlightens were their hearts the eyes of their hearts were darkened darkened understanding yes go ahead friend it's more like you have the knowledge but they're not bringing the better knowledge to you but you still hold on to the one you have so you are not able to see what they are bringing to you mm-hmm. so and I want to tell you something better than what you know mm-hmm. but because how much what you have held on to has profited you mm-hmm. you find it difficult to let the other one come and let the one go in. Mm-hmm. so that one that you have mm-hmm. is like a veil to you do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly that's, that's perfect mm-hmm. yes sir, thank you so now, continuation verse 17. It says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Oh, yeah? Okay. Don't worry. We'll explain it. So, but we all, as with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. It means image and glory are tied. Image and glory are connected. Amen? Amen? Image and glory are what? Are connected. Now, let's let's see a few scriptures so that we'll just go through this. You know, myself and family, we have a water baptism to go and officiate this afternoon. So we'll close a bit early today so that we can grow. Now, remember, so we're reading Second Corinthians, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit. So now mark that word. The Holy Ghost. There's Holy Ghost there. Yeah. Uh, let's see Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Just journey with me, uh, everyone. Uh, if you're on the line as well, just uh, journey with me. You will see something here. Romans chapter 8, 11. Romans 8, 11. Only you can read it. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. So who raised Christ from the dead? It was that the that Holy Ghost. Who they say the Lord is that spirit. Okay, now let's see Romans chapter six, verse four. Romans chapter six, verse four. Therefore, mm-hmm. we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, uh-huh. even so we also should walk in newness. So, who is the Holy Ghost then? 
The Holy Ghost is the spirit of glory. The Holy Ghost is the glory of the Father. Because Romans chapter 8, 11 established it was the Holy Ghost who raised Jesus from the dead. Christ. They use the word Christ. Who raised Christ from the dead. Am I communicating? And then Romans chapter 6, it says they called him another name. His other name. The glory of the Father. So the glory of the Lord is the Holy Ghost. And that's what they were referring to in the First Corinthians chapter what? Chapter 3 now, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Where it says... Uh, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Are you saying so? The glory of the Lord is, there is liberty. Then he now established it here. But we all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, what? The glory of the Lord, that Holy Ghost, are changed into the same image. It means that he's the glory of the Lord, but he's tied to image. Yes. He is tied to image. No wonder he's the one. Everywhere Christ is, you will find him. Christ was in hell. He went to go and raise him from the dead. You will see it in Genesis chapter 1. Wherever waters are, he is there. The spirit hovers upon the waters. And God said, let there be. He needs, spirit needs, he needs content. Waters, word, Christ is his content that he always hangs out around. Praise the name of the Lord. Christ is his content that he always hangs out around. Yes. Let's see Psalm 104, please. Psalm 104. We'll begin to connect these things uh, this morning. Psalm 104. Verse 2. Who covers thyself with light as with a garment? Who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain? Who layeth the beams of his chambers into the waters? In the waters. So it means that he rests in the waters. Mm. So it means that anywhere these waters are, glory of the Lord will be there. Mm. I'm not communicating. In Genesis chapter 1, you see him, he was hovering. He hangs out. He hangs out. That's where he hangs out. He hangs out. <laughs> you can say he hangs out by the beach. <laughs> well, that's really, that's where, that wherever you want to, if you want to find the full glory of the Holy Ghost, the full glory of God, you have to go and receive his content. If there's no waters in you, he can't really stay too long. He'll just be managing and endearing. And all he'll be trying to do, because another word they call him is the spirit of truth. So all his agenda is to give you his content, give you truths, give you truths, give you truths, so that he can come and stay. Am I communicating? And then there's something that that truth does, word, word, word. There's something that that word, word, word does. It paints an imagery for you, an image of a person. By the time you learn about the word, you learn the word, you learn Christ, Christ, Christ. Before you know it, it becomes to turn into a personality inside you. You begin to see a person, an image inside you. Now they are now telling you, behold that image. The more you behold that image, the more the glory of God rests upon you from glory to glory. From one measure of glory to another measure of glory. So glory increases as you stay on that image. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we blessed today? I believe we are blessed. 
glory increases as we stay upon that image. And that image initially is not an image. It starts as hearing. Back to 1 John. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 1. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says that which was from the beginning. Remember, we established. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that which we have from the that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, it means what are we hearing? We are hearing God's words. We are hearing God's content. Actually, we are hearing God because the word was God. So we are hearing God in the form of, in the person of Jesus Christ. Christ our Lord. As you are hearing his content, the content, as over time, the content, if you stay in the hearing, if you abide in the doctrine of Christ, as John will say later, if you stay in the hearing, that same thing that you have been hearing begins to form images inside you. They will become an image inside you. And that image is now what you is now see with our eyes. So you see it here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard first. Then which we have seen with our eyes. To see something with your eyes, it means, and this is the eyes of your heart. It means in your heart it has become an image. So, which we have seen with our eyes, meaning image. We are beginning to see the image of Christ. Another word I will use is the personality of Christ begins to become real to us. Begins to form an image inside our heart. Amen? And as this personality of Christ is forming an image inside our hearts, what's the next thing? You can now gaze upon this image. So, gaze upon Christ. Say, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set for the of him, he endured the shame. I, I think that's how he connected. He enjoyed the, the he endured the cross, despised the shame. Praise him. For the joy set for the he followed that same pattern of gazing upon image, gazing upon image, gazing upon image. The formation of this hope, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It means the image in you, then the hope of glory. So, image and glory are tied. Am I communicating? You can't go for image. You can't go for glory without image. In fact, God said that he won't share his glory with any man. But then he will share his glory with somebody, Christ. Am I communicating? Because when he resurrected, he, showed, he shared his glory with Christ. The glory of God was the one that came down as a cloud and took him back up to heaven. Just establishing that point that all the glory of God, and again, you will see that in Hebrews chapter 1. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 1, let's see Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1, Hebrews 1, 1, it says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, 
Hath in these last days, hear me, hear me everyone, online, hear me. Hath in these last days spoken unto us, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, semicolon, who being the brightness of his glory. This man became the brightness of his glory. Meaning, and then the words express, they go hand in hand. And the express image of his person. To be the brightness of his glory, you have to be the express image of his person. So just to be image alone, we will have glory. But when you are now express image, then you now receive brightness of glory. So it's measures. It's measures. You will now receive brightness of glory as a result of the expressness of your image. The more image you have, the more glory rests. That's why it's from glory to glory. Amen. It's from glory to glory. The more image of his person you receive as content in your soul, the more glory rests upon you. It's a very simple equation, is it not? Go for Christ, you are going for glory. Yes. Yes. You're already receiving measures of glory. When that Christ turns to son, full son, then he turns to full glory. So it's, it's all is measures. So you see, that's why Paul began to suggest in First, first Corinthians chapter 15 that the, so shall the resurrection of the dead be. He says, as the stars differ in glory. Because you see, it's glory discussion. So the, the occurrency, your currency in the world to come, the currency in the spirit is how much glory you have. That's the currency in the spirit. <laughs> Amen. So Paul was not just saying, as stars differ in glory, so shall the resurrection of the dead be. And how would they measure glory resting upon the man? Is you measure it by a direct proportion to image resting upon that man? So image equals glory. Because glory follows image. Because glory, who is the Holy Ghost, Spirit of the Lord, He hovers around image. Yes. Genesis chapter 1. The Spirit of the Lord hovers upon the waters. Wherever you, you as the amount of waters you carry determine the amount of measure of Holy Ghost will be hanging out around you. Mm. Mm. God did it like a direct proportion. <laughs> Amen. Imagine, so if you now have full measure of Holy Ghost, you have full eternal, eternal life. That's eternal life. They call him the spirit of life. So you can be, you be, as you are getting waters of life, you are building up, welling up onto eternal life. So this, this process, am I communicating? This protocol of fellowship on the world, both in your personal Bible study and as a company, must never end. It will never end. Because it is the way to glory. If you want to glorify a man, teach the man. Aha! That's what I'm saying. If you want to glorify a man, teach the man. Teach him, teach him so he can hear and hear and hear. Teach him until the hearing turns to seeing. Then keep teaching him until the seeing turns to looking upon, gazing. And keep teaching him until he gains mastery of it. He becomes a warrior of it. The Lord God who teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to battle. That's what First John was now saying. And as handled the word of life. 
handled. When you handle it, you become a warrior with it. You become a master with it. You become an Ephesians chapter 6 man. When he says, put on the full armor of God. And all those armor were made of substances called the word. Not so. Breastplate of righteousness. That one is by gospel of Christ. That's word. Gospel of peace is also word. Shield of faith is also faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. Sword of the spirit is also word. Helmet of salvation. All these things are gospels. Gospels. Publishing of peace. Publishing of salvation. They are good news, good tidings and then glad tidings of good things. They are all word. 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 Preaching. 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 So they will teach you, teach you from glory to glory. They will teach you, teach you from image to image until you begin to handle until you begin to handle. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go back to that first John again. That first John chapter 1. I'm trying to really water us in preparation for, uh, for convention. Amen. For preparation for convention. And it's the reason why we're, we're going online. So we just want to make sure everyone is safe. Uh, so let us continue to be safe out there uh, in preparation for the convention. I want everybody to be there uh, come the 24th uh, Thursday. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We are going to have a blast. It's going to be a feast of fat things. And feast of fat things are well refined. Not so. Feast of fat things full of marrow. Wines on the lees and wines on the lees well refined. That's Acts 25 verse 6. It's going to be an awesome feast. Where some of these things, some of these foundations that were laying throughout the year would be established more. We, we, what I'm seeing in this, in this convention is a fellowship of love. Amen. Yeah, there will be ministrations of love, teachings, but also there's going to be a togetherness. There's going to be a fellowship. That's the reason why we want to gather. You know, gather, we'll do physical distancing, obviously, all those things, but uh, we will gather. As we gather, there will be a fellowship. It's a love fellowship. That God is bringing. We'll see. Let's see. Let's see First John. First John chapter 1. You will see it there. There's a reason for the preaching and preaching. It's to bring you to one fellowship. To bring you to one fellowship. Fellowship with the Father and with the Son, His Son, Jesus Christ. So, First John chapter 1. I'll finish reading verse 1 and verse 2 and 3. You'll see it there. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, semicolon, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father. You see, the last thing you begin to see, you begin to, begin to show unto you is the eternal life. After all those processes, they will now begin to show unto you the eternal life. You need to be a handler to see it. Which was with the Father, am I communicating, and was manifest unto us. Verse 3. Now, see this. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So this is where they are bringing us to fellowship. Amen. This is where they are bringing us to what? To fellowship. To fellowship. Because the, the foundation and the capstone of our fellowship is what? Is the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's one thing God is it. It's one of the reasons why I know this coronavirus is Satan that sent it, because it's it has is it wants to it wants to break that thing. It wants to break fellowship on things, on on a person. Yes, it wants to bring that distance. But God is wise. God is also turning it around and using it to bring us closer. You know, sometimes I find myself that sometimes when I even stream online, there's there's some kind of blessing that rests sometimes. Amen. That sometimes I will feel sometimes maybe when I'm listening to EGFM League, I feel like I'm there. Maybe even more than them that are there sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Amen. And then when we now come together too. Amen. There's something there's, there's something about fellowship. You need that way, you need that stream, you need that media. There's, there's something about fellowship that brings hearts closer together. And when people come together to fellowship, they must be fellowshipping on something. Yes. They must be fellowshipping on what? On something. And what is John admonishing us to fellowship on? The Father and the Son is Son Jesus Christ. It means they are contents. They are people that you can learn. Amen. Amen. They are contents. They have word content that you can learn. You can discern it. You can gaze upon it. You can hear it. You can see it. You can look upon it. And you can handle it. Glory to God. Now let's see these two contents, Father and Son. They, they are, it's like it's one gospel, but then they, they, they partition them in terms of Father is higher than the Son. So we'll see that in, in Azar chapter 52. We read this in Life Feast on Thursday. We'll see that in Azar chapter 52. Azar chapter 52, verse 7. Friend, you want to hear me read? Sure. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, and bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, uh, <laughs> that seeth unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Are you seeing that? So there are two. How beautiful upon the man at the field of him that brings good tidings, one. And what does good tidings do? A published piece. So publication is like a news magazine. So it means when you've read all these news, news, this new good tidings, this good news, just these good tidings, what will happen to you? One publication has been published in you. It's called the peace. Peace has been published in you. Volume 1 has been published in you. Then they now start a new publication. That will lead to volume 2. And that second publication, which is volume 2, is that bringeth good tidings of good. You see, it's different from just good tidings. Another version will say, glad tidings of good things. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm a And this same scripture, let's see, is in Romans chapter 10. Just a confirmation. Yeah. It says, in the mouth of thought, the truth is established. A confirmation. Romans chapter 10. Amen. We're just going to use this, our two next meetings, to establish uh, some stones in us in preparation for Believer's Convention. Amen? That's what we are doing. Just establish some, some stones, some sure stones, sure foundations in us uh, in preparation 
for believers convention I'm, I'm so excited i'm so expectant it's almost like a new season is what god is trying to do a new beginning amen uh romans chapter 10 verse 13 is it 13 no 15 okay help me read sir how shall they prove except they are beset mm-hmm. as it is written um how beautiful are the feet of them that preach preach the gospel of peace of peace mm-hmm. and bring glad tidings are you saying so comma and yes. so these two and so bring gos- preach the gospel of peace that's the good tidings and bring glad tidings of good things that is publishing salvation that was just to establish the truth that's all now let's see Isaiah 52 really expounds it the, the, the way you ought to be expounded because Isaiah 52 defined both of them well verse 7 Isaiah 52 verse 7 how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bring that good tidings that publishes peace mm-hmm. so you see so between when he was saying how bring it bring it good tidings they put comma so it means that publisher peace means good tidings then it apples semicolon to separate this one is now another one so Isaiah really did it justice yeah amen continue sir that bring that good tidings of good mm-hmm. comma, comma that publishes salvation yes then semicolon now that's it unto zion thy god reigneth so you see there are two volumes salvation is god reigning is <laughs> the they were explaining the salvation god god is salvation amen god is salvation when god is reigning in your life salvation reigns christ is peace god is salvation and you know christ established it well he says my father is greater than i Christ is peace. Christ is our peace. God is our salvation. Yes, my peace I bring to you. I did not bring. Fabi was not saying this morning. Uh, uh, yes, as what? Not as the world bringeth. That's what Jesus was saying. So he's a bringer of peace, but he's also God. Because he said, "Have you been with me this one? If you have seen me, you have seen my Father." They call him the Son of God. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. So he is actually a publisher of two volumes. The same Jesus. The same Jesus publishes peace, Christ. And the same Jesus publishes salvation, Son of God. The same Jesus. He he, he preaches both Gospels. And so someone cannot just jump and be preaching salvation when you have not preached peace. You first have to make men be at peace. When men are at peace, you can now give them salvation. Mm-hmm. Give them the second volume of the same book. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Mm-hmm. Of the same book. Right? It says, How beautiful are the feet of them that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. Semicolon, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation. And all of these things are processes that First John, glory to God, Hallelujah. that First John was dealing with, is a process. There are processes that First John was dealing with. Now, 
Let me just gist us a little bit why this process, uh, the exercise, and make it practical. This exercise. I mean, of course, sometimes we've heard messages and won't, you know, maybe you won't really fully believe it. You, you won't really agree with it. You will now leave it many times. But then you'll find yourself, you just keep coming. Then after a while, you may even take one or two years. You know, yeah, so this is what Reverend was meaning when he was saying this. Yeah. He has happened to me too many times. <laughs> what was happening is that you can't, at that, as where I was in that my state, you can't bring salvation, gospel of salvation. I first have to make peace first. Yeah. And the exercise of making peace is them con- con- uh, bringing understanding to me that all those things that I thought were blasphemy. <laughs> All those things that I misunderstood and I spoke against, all those things I misunderstood that I got angry at, they will first have to make me understand them. Yeah. So make me be at peace at what, of, as what, of what God is saying. When I have now come into an agreement and I am now rested and at peace at what God is saying, then they can now give me salvation. Mm. Meaning eternal salvation. Amen. Meaning they have to woo our minds until we have made peace. Mm-hmm. Yes. Until we are, are you hearing me? Uh, I, I know, I know we are hearing me at home. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have, they have to woo our mind until we have made peace. To make peace is to make agreements. It's called covenant. Amen. To make peace is to make agreement. Saying that the agreement is that. Okay, God, last, last. I know this is where you want me to be. This thing you are saying is true. Help me. I have agreed with it. Meaning, I have submitted to it. That's how you make peace. It's submission. That's why they're saying, uh, remember on Thursday I was teaching, for the carnal mind is enmity, meaning anti-peace with God. Yes. The carnal mind is anti-peace with God. Then he now says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, that was Philippians chapter 2 we read. Who, what did he do? He, he submitted himself. Being God, though, found himself as a fashion as a man. He humbled himself, then became obedient, obedient unto death. Yeah, you see that mind? That to make peace with God is to come to an agreement with what he's saying. And be under it, even though you have not even comprehended it all. Be under it for comprehension to come. You are now in the process of making peace. Now, is somebody who is humble that they will now bring all the understanding to? Is somebody who is in agreement? Am I communicating? See, if so, it just this is just. Let me not even go and make it even too deep. Let me not even make it even too deep. Even, even physically, let's say at work, somebody is not in agreement with me and is competing with me. I won't reveal everything to the person now. Mm-hmm. I'll be using wisdom with the person. But somebody who I, I trust, I know I used to have this call work out, fully trust. We don't, it's no competition, nothing. So everything I'll t- tell her, if there's something I know and something that she knows, she will tell me. Mm-hmm. But some other people, I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to want to take glory for your work. Yeah, so I have to be using wisdom to ma- relate with those colleagues. So normally, people you don't trust fully, you, I'm communicating, you don't give them everything. You don't give them all your wisdoms, all your understanding yet. And the way God can trust you fully, because everything that was built in you before God was darkness. 
So the only way God can trust you fully is for you to submit. <laughs> Amen. Because it, am I good? Am, am I not dust? Is there anything good inside me? If Jesus, my master, can say, don't call me good, there's only one person who is good. <laughs> Jesus, they asked Jesus, good master, good teacher. They came to the store, good teacher. Jesus looked at them and said, don't call me good. If Jesus can say that, who am I? There's no good inside me, nothing, zero. There's nothing called a hisoji that is good. Thinking, there's nothing called in my genetics called family that is good. Nothing. Some people will not have name and not be boasting about you are, you are just you are just boasting and exaggerating bad dust. And making it more difficult for you to submit the dust. We are all dust. What is in the name? What is in that genetics? Oh, this is how we always do it in my culture. For what? For who? The people who were doing it, the the, the backward people their minds were whacked. Those people used to be into all kinds of that's right where I come from. <laughs> All kinds of my, my grandfather was the first Christian in the village. He was the first Christian. That was the day that everybody now turned against him in the camp because he was supposed to be the next leader. Mm. <laughs> he was supposed to be the next leader of the village. They said, No way. <laughs> when they are going for town meeting, they'll be bringing Bible. Everybody will be bringing their trousers. <laughs> that man has many, many stories about suffer. After a while, he now moved the whole family to Lagos mm. because he, he saw, he had a vision. My grandfather had a vision. His vision was this, that he saw himself in a dream. He was fighting for a wretched, tattered throne seat, very tattered, dirty. He was fighting for it. Then he now saw up, there was another golden one. He could not understand. He didn't understand it. So one day he went for a camp meeting in Benin City. And then after the prophet who came for the meeting, he now spoke to him and said, This is my vision. Help me interpret it. The prophet now told him that this, that God is saying to you that you are fighting, you are fighting for a crown right now that is rubbish, this garbage. Worms, there are worms in it, all kinds. Say, but God will want you to go for something better. There's another crown. I said, God wants you to go to, go for. You know what that crown is? That's what Revelation chapter 3 promised the church of Laodicea. He will overcome it. Will I grant to sit with me? My throne as I overcame and sat with my father on his throne. That's Revelation chapter 3. Uh, if you want to see the church of Laodicea, verse 11, thereabouts. Let's find it so that for those online who want to who want to take a look at it. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 21. Verse 21. Revelation 3 21. I'll read it quickly. Revelation 3 21. Revelation 3 verse 21. It says, To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and have sat down with my father in his throne. This Bible, that's the promise. So that was what was interpreting to my grandfather. And obviously, it wasn't for him, right? But it was for someone to come. Huh? It wasn't for him, but it was for someone to come. But he saw that immediately the prophet interpreted that dream to him. Do you know what he did? He now moved out the whole family out of the village and moved us to Lagos. That's how we moved to Lagos. That's how I was born in Lagos. Then he now called me, my, my middle name, it was a Jerry. It means I did not steal my kingship. Until I had understanding, I didn't understand what that thing meant. It meant that he, he was, he, by then you had grown too. You are seeing something in me. You are seeing that through this, my grandson, I will also that throne that God showed me as a vision, mm. I may be able to access it. 
that we need to access it. So he, he, he severed us from that dirty. Imagine if, if I was, imagine if. <laughs> see, the, see the label? He severed us from that dirty place, that dirty thing, and set us on a new course. Brothers in Lagos and the Ketja, that's where the whole family, the family house was. So he, he did a lot. And in the village, they hated him because he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. He hated him. Mm-hmm. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know, is this thing is not even far fetched. For many, many, many Christians are still pursuing carnality, meaning dirty throne, dirty seat. God, make me this here. Make me that here. What is that? Is that not a throne? You want a throne, a kind of authority here? No. There's a better one. There's a better operation. There's a better dominion. Let me use that, use that terminology. There's a better dominion that God is calling you to you for at his right hand. The throne here is not the father's throne. Jesus said, I, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Then he now says, you can overcome and sit down with him on his throne. Where is his own throne? He says, when he overcame, where did the father, what did the father say to him? Sit down at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. So that the one that we, they are calling us to, to come into is the one at his right hand. The dominion at his right hand. is the dominion of righteousness. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll begin to begin to close round up. So are we seeing how there's two volumes? Publishing peace, mm-hmm. as we saw in Isaiah 52 verse 7, and then publishing salvation. Mm-hmm. Or they will call it good things, and then glad tidings of good things, mm-hmm. of good. So it means the other one has some joy to it, has gladness to it. So if you add gladness to peace, it turns to salvation. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like you add a spice to it. Because the other one too is also good things, but it's glad tidings of good things, of good. So the glad tidings of that same good that they've been preaching to you. Is, and I, I tell people, it's not, it's not like there are two Gospels, it's one Gospel. It's good things, but after a while, when you have done well with good things, when you have handled Christ well, that which our eyes have seen, which we have heard, which our eyes have seen, which are, we have looked upon, and have handled concerning the word of life. Amen? When you have handled it well, what will happen is that they will now add gladness to it. They will add gladness. They will, be, they will turn those good things that you have been hearing, they will turn it into excitement particles inside you. Oh, glory to God. Yeah. Do you know, in every word of God that is coming to you as waters, there is the seed of God inside it. There is the seed of God inside it. So, when you are hearing good things, good things, good things, there's God inside there as a seed. What, when you head it enough, what you, just, you know when you boil water, you excite the molecules. That's what you just need to do. You excite the good things that are in you. When excite our Christ. When they excite your Christ, they are now turning it into God. Into joy. Let's see it. Let's see what I'm saying here in, uh, in John, 1 John. You will see the completion of that first job. The thing will turn to that your joy may be full. The thing will turn to joy. So it's this same fellowship, this same hearing, this same word of life, 
this same Christ, you will abide and abide and abide and abide. The Bible says that whosoever transgresses and hath not the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. Abideth not in the doctrine. It means that if abiding in the doctrine of Christ, a time will come where they will excite it, you will turn to joy, and then you will now have God. Yes. They just need to excite the Christ. Excite it well enough, it will turn to joy. You return to God. You return to joy in you. So it's the same flow. It's the same curriculum. We need to stay in it. This is the season where, you know, and the enemy will be fighting. We will be fighting our minds. Are, are you hearing me? Everyone, I'm sure everyone is hearing, who is listening. Are you hearing me? The enemy will be fighting terribly our minds. This is a time of war. To hold on. Put on the full armor of God in this season. Until convention come, if you, if you need to, to help yourself every day, be tuning into some kind of message. Maybe on Life Meeting website, on EGFM, on YouTube, whatever. New and Living Way Church. If you, are feeling, if you are feeling attacked in the mind, connect a message. Or connect a worship session. Amen. If maybe I'm saturated by message, sometimes I just listen to worship. Like, ah, oh, this I do. Shekere, you know, Pastor, uh, TPH. This Tony Rappos church, it does long worship, very awesome worship. So I use that to have to keep myself. You have to keep yourself because you have to. This is the season where John began to want some people in this season. When you are getting close to love, they will begin to want you. It may not be taken away from. Let's see, John. Let's see, second John. We'll come back to first John. Let's see, second John. You will see that he was talking love now. It was people who were about to hear love. People who were about to interact with love. That they have been journeying with truth. Let's see it. It's so clear. 2 John verse 1. 2 John verse 1. Amen. 2 John verse 1. It says, The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in what? The truth. In the, what is the truth? Who is the truth? Christ. So he's in good things. Then now he wants to now add love to it. Mm-hmm. In the truth. <laughs> it's almost like glad tidings of good. Mm-hmm. Whom I love in the truth. So these are people who are in the truth. Then now it was time John was now showing wanting to show them love. To move them into God. To move them into the next one. Amen. But they were where already? They were in the truth. They were people who were abiding in truth. It means that they had been journeying in truth. And John wanted to elevate them. And John was had a warning for them. Because at this place, they've come a bit far. That's what John was saying to them. They've come a bit far. So John was speaking to people that had journeyed in the, They were in the truth. They are journeying in the truth. He was warning them because this is not the time to transgress. Amen. Verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. You don't, this is not the season for transgressing. Do everything to keep yourself in the love of God. Do everything to keep yourself in the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Do everything to keep yourself in truth until love comes. Until joy comes. Keep yourself and keep yourself. Fight to fight the good fight of faith. Fight it. Keep yourself. Keep your mind. Keep your heart. Guard your heart. With all diligence. For out of it comes the issues of life. Keep yourself. Until 
the excitement comes until the joy comes just wait let me let me finish this thought until the excitement comes until the joy is coming uh, and so it says now verse uh, verse 9 of that second john it says whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of christ hath not god he that abideth in the doctrine of christ he hath both the father and the son verse 10 you see the, the harsh one it was a warning of love <laughs> if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine Receive him not into your house, nor neither bid him Godspeed. Why was he asking? It's not the man who was coming as the problem. It's the Satan that sent the man. Remember? And we, we, you will see this same kind of talk in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Yes, as the name is Asha. I don't want to read that one. <laughs> I've been nice. <laughs> I don't want to go that far. <laughs> Let's see Colossians chapter 2. You will see the same, the same terminology there. I believe uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Or we can read 7 and 8. Verse 7. Mm-hmm. Rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith as ye have been taught. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So as you have been taught, it means they've been rooted, yeah. they were established, they were in the doctrine. Mm-hmm. Then it now says, Beware. Mm-hmm. Not so. Lest spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Mm-hmm. After the tradition of men, after the movement of this world, and not after. And you see, and not after Christ, that doctrine. So don't let anyone spoil you, don't transgress, and don't come out of being in the doctrine of Christ. Amen. And obviously, it's not like uh, life meetings is so proprietorship or has patent of doctrine of Christ. We just happen, uh, everyone who is with us just happen to find that we are the ones maybe ministering it in this season. But there are other ministries out there. We don't know them yet. Who may be also ministering the same thing. So it's not about the name of the place. It's about the doctrine of the place. It's about what is being taught. And so if you are in these waters, in the doctrine of Christ, then we should abide in it, stay in it, fellowship one with another on the Father and the Son until we handle the word of life and then until it leads to our joy being made full. That's eternal life. Right? If they come into your you bring down this doctrine, you even not into your house, neither be in God's prayer. I think the, the point is clear. Yes, that we need to stay Stay on this doctrine. Stay so that we can handle. The, do the exercises of falling and rising up. A righteous man falleth seven times. He rises up all seven. But he only has one destination. What makes him righteous? He has one destination. He's abiding in Christ, our righteousness. Praise the name of the Lord. I'll begin to round up. I'll begin to round up. Because we have to go soon. First John chapter 1, we stopped at verse 3. You know, we had established the process. What we have heard, seen with our eyes, looked upon, handled. You see those steps? Handled of the word of life. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, declare unto you, that ye also 
may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. That's gladness. That is gladness. Are you saying that again? Let's read it again. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Now, let's see Hebrews chapter 1. We see that joy, that gladness there. That's the, the last one. That's the last volume. And if it's the last volume, you know it's the perfect way. And if it's the perfect way, you know it's the love way. Yes. You know joy. This joy now is love. It's the excellent way of love. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 8 and 9. I read it says, But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Semicolon. Except thou righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Except thou of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. <laughs> huh? Therefore God, even thy God, had anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. What is righteousness? Righteousness is Christ. How do I know that again? Romans chapter 1, we can recite, we will recite it on the top of our head. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Another word is, I am not ashamed of the doctrine of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Huh? For the Jew and also for the Gentile. But for therein is the righteousness of God. So the doctrine of Christ is the righteousness of God. Yes. <laughs> the doctrine of Christ is what? Is the righteousness of God. And Jesus loved that thing called righteousness. That Christ. He loved it. He loved it. So we too ought to love Christ. What he means here is that. So for us is we have loved Christ. And hated everything anti-Christ. We have loved peace. <laughs> Amen. And hated the carnal mind. We love Christ's content. And hate everything that is not Christ's content. When you begin to love righteousness. Love Christ. Love the doctrine of Christ. Love the person of Christ. All that he is saying. All that he is. Then what will happen? And hating the other one. Therefore, God, even thy God, will now bring you the joy. Am I communicating? The glad tidings of good for publishing salvation. Therefore, God, even thy God, and anointed thee with the oil of gladness. That's the glad tidings of good above thy fellows. Jesus had it complete. That's why he was ended up being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have I blessed somebody today? I, I think this is just to help us, our heart, so that when gospel is coming, whether it's gospel of peace or gospel of God, meaning gospel of Christ or God's salvation teaching, love, whether it's faith they are teaching or it's love they are teaching, we'll be able to manage it. Yes. We will not, we won't murmur against it per se. We will not complain against it. We will be able to receive, we will be able to comprehend it at some level. And say, oh, this is what Brother James was saying. This is what Femi was saying earlier. So that we can relate with it. So uh, we are doing a serious preparation job. So don't think you are wasting your time hearing us this morning. You are being seriously blessed and prepared for good things to come. We are coming into a new season. 
a new season where many things that we've been hearing will begin to be open and expounded in our hearts and in our lives. So let us keep ourselves in the love of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, even in this season as we prepare ourselves, even for, it's almost next week now. By, t- by tomorrow, I can, I can confidently say that Believers Convention is next week. <laughs> you know, normally we do it mid-September. This one is long. It's like end of September, but it's almost next week already. So let us be keeping ourselves and be preparing ourselves. And we'll be communicating some things over the next few days about maybe help that we need for decoration, for setup, ETC. Are we communicating? We're communicating that during the course of the week because all, our, all eyes now, our gears is towards that to make everything as uh, safe as possible, as prepared as possible, uh, as, uh, as arranged as possible, so that, it, that we can have the fullness of what God is intending for us in this season. Can we begin to appreciate God? Father, we thank you. You dwells between the cherubim, shine for you. You dwells between the cherubim.